Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you so much for joining us. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. And uh, we're just excited about today's topic of joy. It's, it's a, time, a timely topic um, and we're looking forward to what God put on our hearts and through our research to share with you. Uh, we, of course, are fi- finishing up our, our series on Fruit of the Spirit. We got one more for New Year- during New Year's. Uh, we're preaching out of Galatians 5, and 23. The word says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we were going backwards through those things started with self-control today we're going to talk about joy and the next time we are going to be talking about love amen and as we talk about joy we have mentioned many times but for those it doesn't hurt to reiterate for those who may be new um, to this podcast or who haven't heard our previous lessons on um, we, we have actually taught on joy in the past and we've talked about um, the importance of authenticity and being real and how we're not as Christians meant to just put on a smile and go to church or go to work and, and always seem happy. There's a huge difference. Uh, many of us know this in theory. and We've been taught this, but in practice, we default to putting on that happy mask. And we really want to dig deep into joy as a choice, uh, something that we choose to do rather than an emotion that we feel. Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be one of those topics where it, it is hard. Just all of the things that we've been talking about, it is hard. But with joy, we, we get joy and happiness confused all the time. And then we confuse joy in this world and joy from God, which I was we were talking previously. Like we find joy in a lot of things, right? And in, in our kids and the things that we do, I found joy baking cookies for you. You found joy eating the cookies that I made. But but then after the, you eat the cookie, the joy <laughs> goes away and everything else. But what we're going to teach today about is the ongoing, non-changing joy that comes from the Lord. That That's going to be the focus of it. The joy, the the word is hara, which I love a lot of commentaries talk about is joy because of God's grace. It's that God's grace, it never changes it's always there, so we always have reason to have joy in the Lord, and that's why we gotta separate just joy, the worldly joy, and the joy of the from the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, and I, I think similarly to love, which we've talked about as well, where there's love as this fleeting emotion versus love as a verb, as a commitment, as a choice, mm-hmm. as an action that we are loving. God loving our neighbor and even loving ourself um, that the body and spirit and soul that God has given us and care by caring for it love as an action rather than an emotion of of feeling infatuation and whatnot Uh, and joy is similar we think of joy as this the worldly joy because it's an emotion and it comes and goes and it's fleeting but we're, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit and none of the fruit of the spirit are an emotion and so it might be helpful just to distinguish, because when we think of joy, we think of those fleeting moments of happiness um, where we can grasp joy for a moment and then immediately it's gone. But but really think of joy as this choice, as a verb, as an action 
in the sense of rejoice. Mm -hmm. And so the fruit of the spirit is one that rejoices. Mm -hmm. It rejoices in the truth, right? Mm -hmm. That as, as we said, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And so we, if we differentiate between joy as a feeling and joy as the fruit of the spirit, which is an activity, Mm -hmm. something that we are doing, it's not a switch that we can flip on and off. You, if you are struggling with depression or you're just in a really dark season of your life of grief and whatnot, joy is not something that, I mean, God can miraculously break through in your prayer closet uh, or as someone is praying over you and, and give you joy that goes beyond all understanding. But more often than not, the fruit of the Spirit, all of them, take time. Yeah. They are intentional choices that we change our focus, we change our effort, our intention, and we work on them, we nurture them to slowly grow. And what starts as a little glimmer of hope, a little glimmer of joy in our life, eventually can become a wellspring, you know, it can become a large, yeah. where the, there's bearing fruit of joy that's overflowing, not only in your life, but that other people can visibly um enjoy that as well and and glean from what you have spent you know sometimes i mean some fruit can can multiply in a season but if anyone has gardened you know some sometimes especially fruit can take three years five years eight years ten years sometimes you plant a fruit tree and you don't get to eat the fruit of it for many years yeah i, I think what you said it popped into my head I, I don't know why it just hit me after 25 years of walking with the lord but you know the, that famous verse about saying as if you have faith as small as a mustard seed and everybody's like yeah mustard is so small but it grows into the biggest tree it took a while for it to become a big tree <laughs> 50 years you know what i'm saying so it's a th- i was thinking about when you were saying about growing growth is that yeah some some of this fruit is going to take a while to grow and you got to nourish it and that's when we're talking about maturity and that's where we as we mature in the Lord, the you know the proof is in the pudding. The you see the the fruit coming out of it. When we see the fruit, that's where maturity right. comes in. That it's not how many right. times you read the Bible. It's not how many t- uh, how many services you serve and all those. It's how your fruit looks like. And uh, Habakkuk is a great example of showing that fruit of maturity. Right. Right, and it flows exactly this first scripture that we had chosen. Uh, Habakkuk in uh, chapter 3, verse 17 uh, onward through 18, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior. And there's those two pieces. One, that we persist in rejoicing, in the hope that we know this is just a season. Mm-hmm. That, that though we may not have the things that we long for, though we may not see the answers, though we may not feel it, mm-hmm. we will continue to rejoice in God my Savior because His grace is sufficient for me. Mm-hmm. So even if there isn't those other fruit that we're looking for, we're not getting that other answers to prayer, we know, one, that it's coming. His promises are faithful and sure, mm-hmm. Right? But at the same time, we also just rejoice that he is enough. We rejoice that he is with us and present and that he is our savior and that he will redeem all things. And that really, we we kind of broke down looking at uh, joy 
into to three three main areas, which are focusing on Christ, focusing on other believers, and focusing on our own discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found we we developed this whole outline, whole, whole, yeah. <laughs> and then we found there's this old Sunday school acronym. So some of you may have heard of it that the letters joy is Jesus, others, and then you. Or the Y is you. That there's an order to joy. That as you nurture your focus on Christ, on Jesus. And then you nurture your focus on others, and then you nurture your focus on your own discipleship, on yourself, um, that it spells the word joy. And over time, you will cultivate and notice that you have more joy in your life to the point of overflowing. Yeah, it, 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 God reminds us over and over again that we're not that smart. <laughs> there are many others, a great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us. Yeah, so so that's what we're going to go. As, as Trish and I were preparing and going through these points, we're like, man, this is its own sermon. Like, I, I'm looking at, at at least three, maybe ten different teachings just for what we're going to cover, but we don't have time for that. Maybe at some point we'll... Will bring out more of this teachings on joy and cultivating joy. But in this season, we want to we want to honor and finish the series mm-hmm. on the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Um, before the year is over, so uh, today we just want to look at the, these prime points, right? Which is first and foremost, focusing on Christ. Yeah, and with focusing on Christ, there, there's three points that's going to follow. But I, I want to turn to Romans chapter five, one and two. I feel like. I feel like Romans chapter 5 has guided me a lot. We've been in Romans quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. So Romans chapter 5 says, uh, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith in his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So one of the things that when we... Looking for joy is what we focus on. We focus in on Christ and what Christ has done for us. And and in this verse, it reminds us that he brought that he brought peace between us and God. And because of what he has done for us, we get to rejoice because we will stand before the Lord. Absolutely. And the the beautiful thing is is in John seventeen. You know, there's this prayer, uh, just going back to what joy really should look like. It's not this, the same way that we said where Jesus quoted in on peace last week, you know, my peace I give you not as the world gives. And the joy that God wants to give us is not as the world gives. It's not this partial fleeting joy. He says in John 17, he, he prays and he says, I am coming to you now. He says this to God the Father. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. And the words there are this completeness of joy, the fullness of joy. And there's a theme through the Old Testament uh, of that, those words, that phrase of the full measure of joy, Mm -hmm. meaning that it's not partial, it's not incomplete, it's not fleeting, it's not here for a moment and then disappointment follows and you're waiting for the Mm -hmm. other shoe to drop. It is this full, complete, it is finished there's restoration, there's renewal, the old has gone and the new has come. And I love that. But focusing on Christ uh, reminded me of the story from Luke 17, where there's 10 lepers who call out to Jesus and they beg him to have mercy on them. And he sees them and he says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. But out of them, it says one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. 
he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which is a little jab there, a little irony. Just because, yeah. Uh, and Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go, for your faith has made you well. And I think this is a great example because God works in our lives and we come to Christ and, and then we just kind of move on and we look hmm. for other things. Like, that was nice. He healed me of this or he redeemed me from that or he restored this or he restored that. And I have salvation. And and then we just keep going on with our lives. And it's it's a rare find that we come back and it's like, no, really, his salvation is sufficient. If I don't yeah. get that job, I'm saved. Yeah. I have a lot to yeah. rejoice about. Rejoice. If If I don't have you know, money to pay the bills this week, the Lord is going to provide. And this is all fleeting and passing anyway, that his salvation. And that's, I mean, that's a hard, I mean, here it was one out of 10 who came back to keep the focus on Jesus. Mm -hmm. He didn't keep his focus on his friends and family, you know, who he was restored to. He didn't keep his focus on the joy that he had to be restored to the church and to the temple. He kept his focus on what Jesus had done and what Jesus had done was sufficient. And that's where we find our joy is that we don't find the joy in all those other things, although that we may find joy, but it's temporary. We find true joy when we come back to the feet of Jesus and we sometimes, sometimes that's all we have and we just need to stay there. Yeah. The, the world may be falling apart, but we come to the feet of Jesus and we thank him for the sacrifice that he did on the cross to, to restore us to God the Father. Yeah. Yeah, I and uh, just looking at the couple of points that we have focused on Christ, it really does fall with with a story, because they had to have faith of what Christ can do for them. I'm I'm pretty sure they didn't scream out at other people. Maybe they did for food or whatever else, but they they never expected somebody to heal them like Jesus did. So just having faith that our Lord would provide for us and again forget the healing forget the provide for us the relationship the salvation and the relationship with our god the father that's that's one of the biggest things is is that we can be joyful is our faith in christ that we do have the relationship with god the other part is our obedience you know this world is confusing it brings me joy that I can look in the word, word of God and know what the Spirit is guiding me to do. And knowing that I'm actually walking in the right path brings me a lot of joy. Brings me a lot of joy that, that we can do it. And again, with this story, they were obedient. He said, go and cleanse yourself and then show your... They were obedient. Now, the, the other nine guys, they went and they cleansed themselves. They, they went and they did what they had to do ceremonially, show themselves to the rabbis before they can go see their family, right? They were obedient, but that brought them joy because of the cleansing that, was, that came with it, right? So it's a cool thing. And I think the last thing that I want to talk about, and obedience. Sorry, I'm jumping. I'm getting excited. Obedience. If you want to talk about obedience and the joy of obedience, read Psalm 119. It's, it's 150 verses or so, 164, something like that. It's a lot of verses. It's one of the longest chapters ever. But 
the whole thing is I rejoice <laughs> in your law. It's just such a loving thing. And for us, we look at it being obedient and everything else is such a hassle and a burden. But it is joy. It is a full joy of the Lord. And the last thing when we focus on Christ is the repentance. Our repentance that we know when we come to the Lord and we bring our sin fully, fearfully, come before the Lord in repentance, that there will be forgiveness. That is, that brings me so much joy that I don't have to walk around with this guilt. Yeah. Because guilt robs our joy. But in, in Christ, in Christ, that gets taken away from us. And here, repentance is he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. Mm. And I think a lot of times we forget that piece of repentance. We stay with the, I'm a sinner, what a wretch. I'm and, sorry, and I grovel. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And there's a, there's a, there's a realness to that. Mm-hmm. But, but God wants us to get to that place with repentance where we come with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Right, we enter his course with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise, and so the you know the, this story moves through the ten had had the faith that he could heal them, and then they were obedient and they did what he asked them to do. But the only one who truly had that complete joy was the one who came in repentance and threw himself at Jesus' feet, and and thanked him for what he had done because at the end he says rise and go your faith has made you well it is, it's the word there is also to rescue to mm-hmm. save mm-hmm. and so he received something even further than just healing from his physical ailment he received that that spiritual soul healing that he needed um, in being restored to god and so those three steps if we want to cultivate joy we focus on christ by having faith in the work that he has done in being obedient to what he tells us to do, and then cultivating a discipline of repentance and thanksgiving um, on a regular basis because it, it takes our eyes off of the problems that are around us and puts our eyes up you know, to the heavens where our help comes from. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So the next part, uh, focusing on the believers. Hebrews 10.25, I think it's, it's a wonderful... There's other ones. I, I can go to Acts 2.42, <laughs> of course. But uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaches. So this is an important part, and there's a reason why we say focus on believers. You, if you ever heard our teaching, this is a big thing for us as pastors to, we got to focus on the church and the body of Christ. Yes, we got to do our riches. Yes, we got to minister. God is a God of justice and mercy, and we need to help out, but we also need to help the body. Our body needs to be healthy. So for us to find joy, we do need to focus on, the, on other believers on the body of Christ and who God brings close to us. And I think it's really important that we identify and understand that what I would say, the, the root enemy of joy is bitterness. Mm. And if we don't, if we focus on ourselves, uh, it's, it's the, you know, we, we talk about the story of the prodigal son, which is actually the story of the lost son. And the lost son we think of as the one who ends up in the pig pen. And a lot of times the focus is on that, but Mm. really in, in terms of joy, uh, the lesson that can be learned is the focus on the, the elder brother who doesn't want to come in to rejoice with his father. He doesn't want to come in and rejoice mm-hmm. 
that his brother has been saved because he's been slaving for his father's kingdom. And he's been, you know, he's been, and this is those of us who've been in the church and they've been elders or deacons or whatever ministry that you've been a part of. And, and you see what you're doing for others and, and it's actually, you reap what you sow. And so you're doing it out of this obedience. It's a burden rather than doing it out of the joy of the Lord, out of mm-hmm. thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so you become bitter. Yeah. And it and it shows in your service. Because instead of rejoicing over one lost sheep who comes to be saved, you're just burdened by there's another <laughs> there's another body, another hour, another another you know, car I have to park, another <laughs> person I have to greet. And the church needs to get better at caring, honestly. We need to get better. We've said this many, many times. We firmly believe this, that the body of Christ needs to get better about cultivating and discipling and caring for, as a body, the the, the elder brothers, the mm-hmm. those who are already in the kingdom, those who are already know the Father, those who are already saved. It's not like, well, once you're in and you're a member, well, now you're here as a slave and a servant and it's always about catching the other fish. Like we have to do a better job of caring for those who are already part. Um, but the father didn't have that problem. But as a church, we do. We mm. need to. We need to care more. That once you pray the prayer of salvation, it doesn't mean that. Well, now you're an extra body that's you know there to serve. You also need discipleship. You also need refreshing and filling and you need pastoral care and you need love and we yeah. know that a lot of people are leaving the church or are walking around bitter with church hurt because they haven't been shepherded well yeah yeah and the speaking of just perfectly talking about bitterness and church hurt and everything else uh that needs to connect it the points uh, the first point that we want to talk about when we focus on other believers is, is forgiveness we need to cultivate that simple but for some reason very hard thing for us to do of forgiving others right and these brothers are the perfect example he needed to forgive his brother for what he had done and he needed to he could have rejoiced and being at the banquet and he chose not to because of because of unforgiveness and it revealed his heart and it grieved the heart of the father and we don't want to the the key of joy as we said is that the joy is shared with the Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we should rejoice over the things that bring God joy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and when, when we're out of alignment, when the things that bring us joy don't matter to God, or when the things that do matter to God, like lost souls coming to Christ, <laughs> yeah. and we don't rejoice over that, there's, an, there's a misalignment of our heart. And, and it starts, like you said, with, I believe, forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, forgiveness of others. Yeah. And and changing and pulling out that root of bitterness that has taken seed in order to cultivate the fruit of the spirit, which is joy. Yeah. You know, bitterness being the weed and joy being the the proper fruit. Yeah, exactly. The next po- the next point was it's praying for other believers. Putting them ahead of you. I I know that that's a hard thing to say. Um Jonah. Jonah is a perfect example of what not to do. <laughs> like he was so mad. I mean, he was bitter. He he was so upset with God that God sent him to Nineveh to tell them about repenting, and they repented. And he was, he was so mad. he was like, "I knew this was going to happen. I was going to tell them to repent, and they were going to repent, and you were going to forgive them." 
They're bad people. He's mad at the mercy and compassion of God. God, exactly. But but that's what we need. We need to do that. We need to pray for those around us. We need to pray for success. We need to pray for healing. We need to pray for them to be more mature in the Lord. Pray for whatever. We need to do that. Don't hold our prayers because you don't want them to do better than you. Right. Right? Well, and even I think that's why Jesus says to pray for your enemies, right? To pray for those who persecute mm-hmm. you. Because as you pray for for them, not only do you, of course, make a way, you know, a breakthrough in the spiritual realm for God to do his work mm-hmm. um, because he honors the prayers of the saints, but it also changes you. And again, these are steps, you know, having faith, walking in obedience, um, you know, repentance and thanksgiving, and then here talking about forgiveness and prayer. These steps are ways that we feed and nurture and cultivate joy in our lives. And so when you pray for your enemies or you pray for those that you're bitter towards, you pray for those who are persecuting you, it changes your heart. Mm-hmm. And it, it does some, because you realize how hard that really is to do. And it holds a mirror up and it exposes all mm-hmm. the ugliness mm-hmm. that's there. Yeah. And it allows God to gently remove and and pull away from you know those areas that have gotten hardened and allows that love and that joy to pour back in. Yeah, and the big word for for tonight was is cultivate. This is cultivating as we do this over and over. We are cultivating. We're softening our hearts for others. We're cultivating what God desires. We're listening to the spirit of what God put on our hearts to pray for others. I think that that's an important part. And we know what to pray for people when we do the next thing is fellowship. When we just fellowship. Let's hang out with each other. I, I love that. The reason X242 is so loving to me. They hung out. They hung out at the temple. They broke bread at people's houses. They, they just, they hung out. So that's how you know each other's needs. That's, that's how you know how you can pray for somebody, how you can rejoice with somebody, how you can forgive somebody, and how you can serve them, which is the, the next point, is we got to be around each other. we got to be around other believers. And the cool part about us. We're some good people to be around, you know. We don't sit there and just sing hymns all the time. I have, we always have a great fellowship time whenever we get together. It's filled with laughter, filled with testimonies, filled with just goofiness. And well, the key is is that you, a lot of our modern culture has made it that you're. We've put the emphasis so much on the personal relationship with God that we forget that God didn't intend for us to do this in isolation. Mm-hmm. The very first time that God says in creation that something is not good is in Genesis 2 when he he gives man the law and he said it is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so they he creates woman, right, out of that. And, and there's a partnership that's there. And so it is not good for you to be alone. It's hard to have joy. Joy is meant to be shared. And yes, we share it with the Lord, but the Lord is, it's not the same as being able to hug or cry or pray with or laugh with. Just have somebody be to pray over you. Ridiculous, yeah, with with someone um, who who shares in the faith. There's, there's a, a love and a fellowship that's in the unity of believers that God intended. And so if you are listening to this, we love that you're connected. If you're in the Chicago area, we encourage you to, to come and visit us in person. And if you're elsewhere... Please just find another local community to get plugged into a small group or something where you can have the fellowship and cultivate joy with others through fellowship. Because 
when we're isolated, when we're alone, that's how the enemy begins to get us with depression and loneliness and isolation. And to break through and cultivate joy, we have to have the fellowship of believers. Amen. 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 So the last point that we're going to talk about is focusing on our own discipleship, focusing on you. I know that is very uh, non-Christian to focus on us, but focusing the key is focusing on our discipleship. John 1, 12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave right to become children of God. We are his children. We are his children, and we need to act like his children. <laughs> let's, let's be real, right? And we don't want to be... He, he tried this before, and he, he you know, people, uh, people of Israel, the Israelites were his people. And we were, they were his children and everything else. And he gave them commandments. And you have to follow this and that and that. And they failed over and over again. So he got a new covenant through Jesus Christ. And he put the Holy Spirit in us. And now we become his children through the Holy Spirit. And now we can figure out how to be, be like his son. Right? If we're going to be his children, we're going to look at his, at his perfect son. And we're going to follow his example and that we we find joy in that we find joy in identity that we are his children we find joy in identity that we are like we can strive to be like christ we find joy in identity that he is our father those are awesome things and how do we cultivate the that kind of discipleship right well i think it it's you know you had alluded to Matthew 25 with the parable of the talents Mm -hmm. where the manager, the the owner trusts uh, three of his servants with different amounts of, of talents and he pours into them. And, and then the relationship that these servants have with the master is shown by the fruit and they invest. And one of them just out of fear just is happy to just have the one right. And to bury it and to just wait for his return um, with fear and trembling, and then, and then he, he gives it back to him because he was afraid he was going to lose it. And this is actually, people have taken this story into so many different ways. Lots of ways. But really what it is is that God has poured gifts and talents into you, and and more so than outward things, we're talking about these fruit of the Spirit. He has planted in you his Holy Spirit as a deposit. And what are you going to do with his presence in your life. Mm-hmm. Are you going to invest so that you bear more fruit? Because that's what they're talking about here. Is that it's not financial. It's not even more people coming into the kingdom. This is about investing into yourself and having more peace than you did when you first met him. Having more joy, having more love, having more self-control to 10, 20, 30, even 50-fold what you did when you first came to Christ. Rather than when you stand before the judgment seat, you're just afraid and you're like, well, I'm saved. I prayed the salvation prayer. Mm. Am I in? Did, did it... You are, by the skin <laughs> of your teeth with a smell of, of fire. So I, and the, I, the cool thing about that story at the end where, where he says, uh, come and share your master's happiness. In the in the actual the original original is that happiness is actually the word hara that we saw in Galatian in Galatians five twenty two. It's the same thing. He says, Come and share your master's joy. 
because of what you've done with what I've given you. So this is in our discipleship, as we take the talents, as we take what God has given us and we give it back to him, we get to share his joy. Right. That's where we get that joy from. So for, for the first point, as God blesses us financially, as we give to our church, to ministries, um, to not-for-profits, to do God's will, we get joy. First of all, praise God to actually have finances to give back. You know what I mean? Well, I actually have money to give money away, right? Sometimes it's tight paying Sometimes those bills, tight, yeah. <laughs> paycheck to paycheck. But the fact that that we are blessed in the way that we've been blessed, that we can, you know, we have a roof over our head. We for many years we did homeless ministry, and especially now during this time of year when you go through the city of Chicago and you see people who who don't have you know the homeless who are out in the streets and it's sub zero weather, uh, it's just devastating because no one would choose to be in that situation it's just a, a sequence of life events that that people end up in such tragic circumstances and our heart just breaks because um, mm-hmm. you you want to just you know with an abundance there's times i've prayed i'm like lord if you would just trust me with more than i could and he's like you just be a good steward with what i've given you yeah. <laughs> um don't don't take on more than you can handle yeah. uh, because actually you know the the servants who who invest into themselves really they're investing into what he has given them they they end up being trusted with more so they get to keep what he gave them this that's Mm -hmm. why this is an investment into yourself yeah an investment into your own discipleship and sadly the one who dug a hole and and never really gets the identity of the master and except for that he's this abusive almost manager Mm -hmm. who steals from where he didn't plant and um, he actually ends up being thrown out into the, you know, where there is no joy. It's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's actually a really tragic ending. So we we can't emphasize enough that you need to invest in your own transformation of discipleship. Because if you stand before the Lord and you have not been transformed in any way because you didn't invest into your own discipleship, there's no fruit. There's no fruit. And he says that those who bear no fruit will be cut off. So we are, we are intended to bear much fruit. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, this is important. This is a big part of my heart of discipling and uh, being discipled. I was blessed by great people who discipled me, and I love discipling others. If you don't have somebody who's speaking into you, find somebody. Find a mature person a man or woman of God who can speak into your life, who can keep you accountable, who can guide you on this walk and teach you about how to give and how to worship and how to study the Bible and, you know, just do those things, how how to be obedient. Because, you know, some people say the prayer on one Sunday morning and that's all they know. Right. But a lot of our first recordings, they're not of the highest quality, uh, but they're they were on the spiritual disciplines. And so if you're feeling convicted about this specific area of your walk, 
that you're not feeling much joy in your Christian walk anymore, maybe it's because God is calling you to to do some spiritual exercise and invest in the disciplines and invest into yourself, into your own growth. Yeah. Um, that he says, you know, you've you've been serving others a lot, but it's time for you to focus on these other areas of your own internal growth. Um, we have a whole series. Again, the quality of the videos are not the greatest. Um, I mean, the, the podcasts are not the greatest, but the, the heart is there and the teaching, the is, teaching there. is there. Yeah. And I think we're just, we just want to push that for you because again, as you, as you grow as a disciple, you, the whole point of learning this disciplines is to be more like Christ. And that's going to bring you joy. That's going to give you strength. It's, it's going to bring you closer to God. It's not a negative thing of do's and do nots. It's very free. It's free freedom, and freedom walk being able to lean on God and walk in His Spirit. So, just make sure, just make sure you find some. There's great books out there. Please reach out to us if if, if you need if you need to find a book. If you need to find somebody, uh, we're definitely there for you guys. I want I want to finish with this verse because you know I read it a couple of times and it really hit me. It it was Hebrews twelve two. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And for me, when I, when I heard this, when I read this, I was like, his joy was the cross because he knew what's going to lead to us. He tells us to pick up our cross daily. That's our joy is to pick up our cross daily because why is because just like he said sat down at the right hand of the throne of God we will be before God also if we follow this joy rejoicing while picking up our our cross daily and I just to close out for just a moment um, we want to dedicate this sermon uh, to a dear member of our congregation who passed away just a little over a year ago. Uh, her name was Christina Rivera. She uh, battled with uh, cancer and she's with the Lord now. And one of the consistent things that she ministered back to us and to our little community was uh, this saying of choose joy. And during the latter six months uh, before her passing, we had many candid conversations where uh, she she actually admitted that she would have been frustrated at that point if, if God had healed her because what she had to look forward to in heaven was mm. so much greater than the suffering mm. she was feeling in her body. And Amen. of course, it was, it was hard and it was tragic and it was sad to watch her go through that struggle. But she, she consistently fought the fight, the good fight, to choose joy. And she picked up that cross of the physical suffering and that battle with cancer. And uh, we just wanted to dedicate this uh, sermon today to her life and her legacy and to the friends and family that she left behind, to her mother, Doris, Christina, and Jose Maldonado, and so many others mm-hmm. um, who have been connected to our little community. Uh, we love you. Know that you are not alone in your grief. Um, you are loved and covered in prayer. And to all those who might be grieving during this holiday season, uh, you also are not alone. Know you are loved and covered in prayer. Amen. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.